Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Thanking you for being with me. Uh, You heard in the news account that uh, Bishop uh, David O'Connell was shot and killed. I I, I mean, this is just nobody knows what to make of it at this point. I mean, the Archbishop, uh, Archbishop Gomez, gave a message informing people and then uh, he the day after he wrote a little more. He said, "I'm very sad this afternoon. This actually was two days ago. I'm very sad this afternoon to report that our beloved auxiliary bishop David O'Connell has passed away unexpectedly. It's a shock, and I have no words to express my sadness. As a priest and later a bishop here in Los Angeles for 45 years, Bishop Dave was a man of deep prayer who had a great love for our Blessed Mother. He was a peacemaker." with a heart for the poor and the immigrant, and he had a passion for building a community where the sanctity and dignity of every human life was honored and protected. He was also a good friend, and I will miss him greatly. I know we all will. Please join me in praying for Bishop Dave and for his family in Ireland, and may Our Lady of Guadalupe wrap him in the mantle of her love, and may the angels lead him into paradise, and may he rest in peace. Those are the words of um, Archbishop Gomez, the ordinary of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, uh, upon the murder of the auxiliary bishop, uh, Dave O'Connell. As we learn more, of course, we'll share that with you. There's supposed to be press—they had a press conference scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern time. They've now pushed it forward until 6 p.m. Eastern time. 3 p.m. Pacific time. So, sad bit of news. But, again, pretty bare bones, what we know at this point. Here's something which you may or may not have heard about. And this is, it's interesting, because Catholics have their own um, reflection of revival. You may have heard, right now, there's a kind of a nonstop, worship service going on at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, right near Lexington. And it's called the Asbury Revival. Now, when I first heard this, I thought, wait a minute. That's been the scene of, you know, various Protestant evangelical revivals uh, since the 19th century, I think. And so I took special interest in it. Here's what, uh, let me tell you, read a little bit of what is going on down there. Catholics, you know, Catholics also had revival services, uh, especially on the frontier area. Catholic tradition is different because in the Catholic tradition, while there are these moments of outpouring of the Holy Spirit where the Word of God becomes illuminated, uh, people become aware of their sin. In the Catholic perspective, of course, we have the sacraments that accompany Revival, so there's the practice of reconciliation and penance. Of course, the Eucharist. You know, our evangelical brothers and sisters don't have those aspects of it. Nevertheless, what they do have, they're taking advantage of. Uh, began as an ordinary morning church service on February eighth, 
at Asbury University, Wilmore, Kentucky. After the final choir that Wednesday, students didn't leave. <laughs> they, they were struck by, this is a professor of theology there, Tom McCall, put it this way, they were struck by what seemed to be a quiet but powerful sense of transcendence, and they did not want to go. They stayed and continued to worship. They're still there. McCall described the events as a surprising work of God. Now, the revival service went viral on social media, so students from nearby colleges in Ohio and Indiana began flocking to Asbury, filling the pews of the auditorium. Many said they learned about the nonstop service from TikTok and wanted to join. And since then, word of the 24 hours a day revival has gone across the country and around the world. We, ha- we just, Abby Loud, is director of communications for Asbury University, told the local TV station there, WKTY, quote, we just had some people arrive from Finland, from the Netherlands. They've been coming from all over the country. Um, it's, it's, again, something which uh, pops up at various times in the history of evangelical Protestantism. And uh, they now have giant screens outside the auditorium to accommodate the crowds that are showing up there, even though it's, it's pretty cold. But the crowds have been... You know, braving the cold. Uh, it's ongoing prayer, ongoing worship. Uh, president of the university, uh, Dr. Kevin Brown, said, we would say there is just a spirit of the Lord in this place, really brought its way into the hearts and minds of our students, staff, faculty, and our community. Um, Aniston McClellan, who traveled from Nashville to participate, uh was marveled because when she arrived there, there were no big lights or big media or anything like that. And she thought, it's proof that the Lord is working right now. And we just want to be a part of that desperately, she said. Now, Tom McCall, who's a professor of theology there, uh, made an interesting point. He said, some are calling this a revival. And I know that in recent years, that term has become associated with political activism and Christian nationalism. But let me be clear, no one at Asbury has that agenda. Asbury is formally now a non-denominational school, but it's very much in the Wesleyan holiness tradition. And they've had revivals like this. There was a very big one in the 1970s. And um, we'll we'll see where this goes. For Catholics, Catholics sometimes are puzzled uh, by these things because for us, when a person gets serious about the faith, they tend to get serious about the sacraments, you know. Uh, So when they see something like this, they wonder, well, what's going on here? You know, if this is the work of the Holy Spirit, is it going to be uh, preserved? Is it going to be conserved? What's going to happen as a result of this? And the answer to that is we don't know. I mean, people's people's lives seem to get changed here, right? Uh, Asbury has been known through the years because of revivals. It's just funny. 1905, February, during a blizzard, they had a revival there in the men's dormitory. In February of 1908, revival broke out while someone prayed in the chapel. Lasted for two weeks. Uh, And what was distinctive about this revival is that prayer uh, and intercession was nonstop for that two-week period. In February of 1921, 
the last service of a planned revival last until 6 a.m., and then the services were extended for three days. In November of 1950, a student testimony led to confessions uh, and more testimonies. This went on uninterrupted for 118 hours. Became the second leading news story nationwide, and it's estimated that 50,000 people found a new experience in Christ as a result of this revival, and they sent witness teams out as a result of that. March 1958, a student began fasting, and they had a revival that lasted 63 hours. Uh, The one that gets the most attention, though, goes back to February of 1970. Um, Dean Custer B. Reynolds was scheduled to speak in the chapel, and he felt led to invite persons to give personal testimony instead. So many on the campus had been praying for spiritual renewal, and they were in an expectant mode. Soon there was a large group waiting in line to speak. A spirit of powerful revival came upon the congregation. The chapel was filled with rejoicing people. Classes were canceled for a week. Some cynics are going to say that's one of the reasons students like revival. You get this get classes canceled. Uh, but classes were canceled uh, for a week during the 144 hours of unbroken revival. But even after classes resumed on February 10th, Hughes Auditorium was left open for prayer and testimony. These sessions were presided over <clears throat> by the um, by the speaker, Gene uh, Custer Reynolds. March 1992, February 2006. So, in fact, it's become so much associated with Asbury College and now Asbury University that there are actually short videos and documentaries of this. Uh, so it's, become a, it's also become a place where church historians can come to study, uh, again, this idea of revival. But here's here's the thing to keep in mind. One thing that seems absolutely clear in these experiences, what what may, tends to make them authentic, you might say an authentic work of the Holy Spirit, would be that <clears throat> there's a yearning and a hunger uh, for God. Uh, and usually that issues forth in prayer and petition. That seems to be a characteristic of these all these revivals. Secondly, the, the scriptures become alive to people. And a, a common thing you'll hear is, I've, I, I've known that verse for years, but I never saw what it meant until now. So scripture becomes alive and illuminated, which is a word both in the Catholic tradition and in the uh, evangelical Protestant tradition. So the word of God gets illuminated during these times. Um, In Asbury, a common thing has been public confession of sin. Now, I don't know how they deal with that, but uh, that's been true in the past, and from people who've been down there, apparently there's some truth to it this time around, too. But that leads to the fourth thing. There comes an extraordinary confidence and trust in your brothers and sisters in Christ. There is a sense, a strong sense of community. You know, forged by this experience. Um, Catholic experience is different. Um, all those things are true about the Catholic experience, except Catholics generally don't confess their sins one to another. Uh, 
they confess their sins to Christ uh, in the sacrament of reconciliation. But the Catholic um, experience almost always contains the sacraments. And so it, it's, it's a, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but it's almost as though the, the wine, the new wine is being poured out in these evangelical Protestant revivals. And really, great things seem to be happening there. But there's no wineskins you know, to keep them. In the Catholic tradition, we've got the wineskins of the sacraments. So when the Holy Spirit is poured out on people and they become alive to the Word of God and the need for prayer, they become aware of their sin, they can be channeled into the sacraments, which not only strengthen them individually, but help to strengthen the witness of the church. I'm Al Cresto.